I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Y'all. So today, we are up in San Francisco. We just recorded. We've had a long day. We've had a really, really long day. It's been a great day. A great day. day, for sure. A shameless sex killer day. We went, so last night we drove all the way up to Mill Valley. We stayed with Susan Breton. She was on our podcast for I don't know what episode it was, but it was about like orgasms, how to more have more bigger, better orgasms. And she was so she was super just energetic and yes. a really great, knowledgeable human. And uh, she had, had asked us back then after we finished recording that episode if we wanted to do the she has her own YouTube channel and if we wanted to shoot some videos with her. And so we did that today, yes. just short five uh, minute little videos about different things. Mm-hmm. And she's just a character. She's such a cool human. She's a, she's a brilliant she knows her stuff she go check it out is. go to yeah go to youtube look up susan bratton and you'll see her better lover she's the uh sex advisor to millions hot sex hot advisor sex. to millions yeah. go check that and she out. has like free books and everything but yeah we yeah. want to give her a shout out because she's great she's and, and we adore her and so. we'll be on her youtube channel soon so if you're just listening to her voice and you're like what the fuck do these ladies look like then you'll figure it out yeah we got or, lots of videos you could go to our Instagram. And with that note, oh. our Shameless Sex Podcast Instagram, if you all don't know this about a the little shadow heavy. ban, the shadow ban is a thing. It's a, it's every, so there's the SESTA FOSTA laws. After the SESTA FOSTA laws, which are trying to control sex trafficking, um, and I don't know if they're, I don't personally know if they're linked, but they have to be that Facebook, who also owns Instagram, uh, changed their rules about sexual content. Tightened their policies yes. on saying anything that has to do with sex. So masturbation, anything about orgasm, pleasure, all that stuff. Um, they now Even are Even the word sex, we have a speculation slash idea that the word sex is possibly it, affecting well, that they, they have some account. sort of maybe some yeah something in there that they're hunting for. Anyways, there's sex educators such as ourselves and many other sex educators out there um, that are on on Instagram that are there literally promoting sex positivity. They're teaching people the the good things about sex or how to have better sex or safer sex are getting shut down, and it's mostly. Women, where there still are a lot of a lot of uh, male-owned accounts that are very pornographic, very objectifying, just showing like women's body parts that are still up and running. So if you're not aware, we're not shut down. We're on Instagram. We can't post regular photos on there right now. We no. can do stories and we can do videos. And there are so many other educators where this is happening. And we're what we're doing is we're asking folks to still follow us on Instagram because we're still active on there, but to write to Instagram. Uh, and let them know if you love us, that um, why you love us, why how we've helped you, why you think that we should still be able to uh, share the good word. And P.S. Our Instagram account is not filled with anything that is moderately offensive. We are only trying to put out 
out as much positivity into the world as possible. There's no violence. There's no hate. It's all about love, sex, and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we even censored some of our stuff. We actually removed a couple of posts that we thought maybe could be possibly offensive. And yeah. even though I didn't think they were and you didn't think they were, we felt maybe the the powers that be at IG did. Yeah. So, um, And, you know, this whole red flag started with our campaign trying to myth bust uh, different things about sexuality that folks, you Female know, probably yeah. weren't used to hearing or um, having out in the open. So actually what drives me the most uh, about this whole thing deep into my heart is that those words were the things that got us flagged and words obviously can cut deep, but we weren't posting anything that was moderately offensive. So we, you know, understand that Instagram is owned by a corporation. We just want to be able to attract more listeners. Why? Because we want to help people. And that's our goal. This is not us trying to get money or, you know, be the coolest people. On no, Instagram. I'm not trying to. I don't post selfies of me in 15 different locations with my lips flared. I am literally doing this because I have a love for spreading more empowerment especially when it comes to uh being in touch with your sexuality and feeling good about yourself and having more orgasms better orgasms and not only that but uh being the most badass human that you can be and it just bumps me out that we're like we're getting shut down well and and again we're not completely shut down but it, it could change we could actually completely disappear and what it feels like right now is that we're being silenced like we're the hysterical women that um, we're on our soapbox soapbox talking about whatever it is, empowerment, equality, orgasms, and that some people, maybe some some of the patriarchy <laughs> came and took something and wrapped it around our mouths so that we couldn't speak anymore. But we yeah. could still get some of the message out there because we can do stories and videos, but they, they did take away a, a part of our voice. And so that in itself feels like really old patriarchy bullshit. And um, we're just really encouraging folks to, uh, if, if you're feeling like you want to get on board, to make a statement about it. And if you haven't or you don't follow us on Instagram, no worries. Do us a favor and go to iTunes and rate us because that does help people find us. And Not censored um, yet. No. And remember, we are doing this for you, for your friend, for your mom, for your grandma, for your, your maybe your daughter when they're old enough, for your son or your transgendered human that you love in your life. And uh, we are doing this because we love humans. So rate us. Give us five stars on iTunes. If you're not in Instagram, that's cool. I'm not that into it either. So I do want to say a four-letter word really hard right now, but I won't because Cock balls. it's not worth it. Yeah, those are good words to fuck. use. But you know what? With Instagram, it is what it is. So moving forward, shadow ban, fuck you. Fuck you, shadow ban. That's right. We but you know what I word. don't want to say fuck you to? Because it's the... The patriarchy? No. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the best things out there right now, changing tunes... is. OMGS? Fucking OMGS. And you want to say, you want to say, fuck me, yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> With my own finger. OMG, yes. Tell me about OMGS. Because that, that OMGS makes me happy. Yes. It's just, in general, if you go to omgs.com backslash, backslash, backslash shameless, you will get access and $5 off to 62 videos on how to 
masturbate slash please yourself or someone else with a vulva. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a tool to help you see what folks are doing. Because remember, vulvas, like we learned from Emily Nagowski on our episode with her, they're like fingerprints. Everyone's Mm -hmm. Everyone has different bits and parts and arranged in a lot of different places and areas, but uh, you might learn some new things about pleasing yourself or pleasing someone that you love with a vulva that you like to please too. So check it out. OMGS. You will love it. And it's not even just if you just want to learn, even if you don't really know how to masturbate. If you actually have a uh, great self-pleasure practice and you have good orgasms, this can just enhance the experience of what you thought was even possible. So whether it's you want to have even stronger, better, or maybe you've never had an orgasm with your own body, or you want to learn how to pleasure a vulva, this program is for you. It's awesome. We're visual learners. So go check out omgs.com backslash shameless. Is that what we decided? It's just shameless? Yeah. Okay. It might be shameless sex. <laughs> Damn it. Try, Try both. <laughs> you really got to see it. One of them will work. We We're have s- to compile. We're working on it. We're Remember, we do this shit for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. This is just for you. This is for you. We're getting banned on Instagram for free. For free. For you. <laughs> for you. Special announcement, Salt Lake City. April and I will be in you this Friday. If you're listening, you know, in 2020, this isn't applied to you. But (laughs) Friday, March 15th, that is 2019. We are teaching at Blue Boutique. We're teaching our erotic superstar, Step Into Your Erotic Power Workshop. And it's open to everyone, all genders, all orientations. Come join us. Come play. Go to blueboutique.com. Uh, to learn more or sign up for the class. And they're also giving you a $20 gift card. So essentially makes the class five bucks and you get to hang out with us. So please, please, please come. We want to hang out with you. And uh, we're also going to be there. Part of the reason we're there, one, we love Blue Boutique. Two, we love teaching. Uh, three, we're there on a work trip and I'll be there representing Uberlube. And you'll hear a little more about Uberlube in this podcast. If you don't know about Uberlube, stay tuned. It is, in my opinion, my expert opinion, the best lubricant on the market. Hands down. So stay tuned. You'll learn more. If you are in the Bay Area or Monterey Bay Area of California or Santa Cruz, April and I will also be teaching there. Uh, This is on March 26, 2019 at Pure Pleasure Shop. We're teaching that same workshop, Erotic Superstar. Uh, So go to purepleasureshop.com and you can learn more to sign up for our workshop. And again, we would love, love, love to hang out with you. All right, so we have a sex question before we go into our podcast. Um, this sex question, I think, is is a good one to have for this podcast. This podcast is with Midori. We'll talk more about who she is in a little bit and why we love her and why it, uh, it actually touches a special place in our hearts. There's a photo that you actually, po- that you, I think you posted, I don't know if you posted on Shameless Sex Instagram, but you sent it to me, and I think it might be on my Facebook from years ago, wh- when Midori t- tied me up in some bondage, um, red silk rope. She did this like, like beautiful, um, body harness, body harness. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a Volvo puppet in my hand. Are you sure I didn't tie you in that body harness? Did I, you, I did you learn how to do it? She didn't her. do it. Oh, maybe that's what happened. But yeah. you learned it was right after that or is during the class, right after the class finished. But I have a photo. Oh, yeah, I think that. I learned the it body was like 10 harness. To 12 years. It was like a long time ago. It was like 10 or 11 so years ago. Excuse me if my memory isn't because I d- attended a class of hers, but it might've been right after that. You're is right. Is it on our blog? Did 
I put it on there? Maybe it's on the blog. Which we're not I really. C- I can't remember, but that we'll just I hadn't seen her since. So okay. I yeah, just wanted to. You'll hear that. why she's she. Cool. It's it's kind of is a special place for us to have her here because we have some history with her through Pure Pleasure many years ago when we first got into the sex toy industry. So stay tuned. But we're going to talk about role play, dominance, confidence in the dominant role, sexy negotiation. Uh, she is a master when it comes to these things. The so coolest part, though, we talked a lot about the role play stuff, which I learned so much about and there's some funny shit yeah. that's going to happen so you yeah. have to listen yeah april had a great great time. <laughs> it was, it, just <laughs> listen it's good so but this next question i think is really um useful in this moment so this uh this person wrote us this question they said my partner and i were both non-binary lesbians have been together for nearly two years but are but we are quite new to the whole sex thing both in general and with each other Recently, I've been very sexually frustrated because we're both fairly shy sexually, and I feel like I'm always the one initiating. I want to feel wanted too, you know. I have expressed this to them, but we still haven't had much intimate connection, and I've been getting fairly irritable and sad. I want sex, but then I avoid initiating because I want them to initiate, and then we don't end up having sex naturally, and I end up sad. How do I suggest? How do you suggest that I navigate this? Two words. Role play. (laughs) (laughs) Just nerdy, erotic. Just nerd out and role play. Batman and Robin. I mean, no, that's not my advice for this, but that's That's the the first thing that comes to mind. Because I'm like, the best thing to do is to get out of your, like, who you are. Like, if you and I were, you know, non-binary lesbians Mm -hmm. right now, and I was like, I don't know, I want to touch your boob, but I don't know if I can. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but if I'm Catwoman, (laughs) I'm like, Catwoman needs to investigate your titty. I'm going to scratch you, (laughs) Cat toy. Then, do you have any leche? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know why there's like the stereotype that cats like milk so much. I don't know. Like how often do we give cats milk? Not that often. Well, except it maybe a baby kitty. Oh, cats, mama's milk. Yeah. I mean, but, baby, but I don't know baby if cow's, cow's milk is drink. recommended. Yeah. I know that's true. I don't know. All right, anyways, we need to okay. go milk a cat. We just tangent. Meet so the Fockers. <laughs> circa two thousand. There's a cat in this house. I know. You want to try to milk it? No, I don't either. <laughs> so, all right, come back to the question. <laughs> Serious though. Okay, this is a common one. Um, the the issue of uh, you initiate and I initiate, and we both want to feel wanted and desired. I feel like I'm initiating more. I think naturally, what often happens in partnership is one person takes on more of the role of initiating, and I don't necessarily think that that is there's anything wrong with that but what can often happen is the other person just still desires and have the that person initiate sometimes at least and then it feels like it's out of balance and someone is desiring more they're left feeling like they're doing all the work some things about initiating that are interesting are that it kind of coincides with this podcast. Does this also play into choreotic theme too a little bit? Yeah, sure. I yes. mean, there's like the the desire to feel you know feel wanted and desired. It can be a choreotic theme, and so yes, if you haven't listened to episode two of our podcast from forever ago, we need to redo one of those. Yes, um, go listen to that, and you'll learn more about that. Speaking to um, how we want to feel as erotic beings being a really important question, but. I mean, we've talked about this, April. We can initiate by barely even doing anything. Mm-hmm. I can initiate sex by putting on some sexy lingerie or like a little Batman outfit <laughs> that with like a short skirt and walk by my partner really slowly and just like 
look at them or like maybe drop something in in the direction where I have to put my ass in their face and just bend over and grab it and keep walking. Or if putting on clothing sex. isn't an option, like you don't want to, maybe you don't have sexy clothing. Maybe yeah. what, uh, these folks aren't, you know, into, into that. I'm just saying for myself, sometimes what I do, if I just want to initiate because I'm not good at it but I do make an effort to is I'll just start kissing my mm-hmm. partner just like behind the ear and the neck and kind of like around like the clavicle the you know that like um that area the like the endings. chest yeah. yeah just kissing kissing and kind of feeling the body but not not necessarily initiating sex or even with that on the table but just feeling the body and then um saying like don't you don't have to do anything I just want you to stay there I just want to I just want to kiss you and and feel like your skin on my lips kind yeah. of thing. And just sort of tapping into that. Yeah. I love dressing up. And I think that's a great idea. And it's not for everyone. Yeah, but, but there's I, but some different options, my, right? My example would be that just that we we don't have to s- like speak to like, hey, do you want to fuck? You no. know, we can we can literally suggest sex by just showing up in a way that's that suggests sex. And then and again, this isn't what we're part what this person is asking. They're not saying, how do I initiate? They're saying, I'm frustrated. I want my partner to initiate. So if what your partner's listening, maybe this helps. Taking sex off the table. How many times as where where it's not about the end result? Like, well, the, it's not about the sex. What about just deciding between the two of you for a little bit of time? Um, who like giving, receiving? Who like? Let's make a plan on well, some level. I like I like that. And also, my questions for this person is, you know, have you two really talked about this? Have you sat them down and lovingly said? Hey, you know, I I love being intimate with you. I've noticed that if I, sometimes it seems like I'm initiating most of the sex, and and that's okay. And I still desire for you to initiate sometimes. So I'm wondering if maybe on the occasion you can take the lead on that because that would be that's really important to me to feel wanted and desired in that way. And then if a month goes by and they don't do it, then you have another conversation, or then you you really maybe go to a sex therapist or whatever that is. But you then you kind of renegotiate or dive in again. But I'm just curious, have you conveyed how important this is to you? They they're both saying that this person's saying that sex is kind of new for both of them. So I'm assuming you're just kind of in this like awkward phase of not really knowing necessarily how and these are assumptions, but how to talk about things necessarily. Your your partner might not be that confident. Um, it might be a scary thing for them. So I'm wondering if you just shared the importance of it and then listen to the rest of this episode where you mm. learned how confidence well, really can be just play. yeah and confidence really just comes from kind of embracing the discomfort and the awkward and maybe the, it needs to change from feeling like a chore or this whole and i know that a lot of times uh with folks that are like lesbian folks out there um that are to get it, it sex is a whole different thing there it's a whole build-up because you know vulva's and a lot of times they take more warm up. They take more capacity to uh, kind of get to an orgasmic state when, uh, you know, if there's maybe two male bodied folks or a penis owner and a vulva owner, uh, a lot of times sex is over when there's an orgasm by one party. And typically it's a penis owner that has that orgasm. I mean, and then you're like, wait, I'm not done here. I mean, this is what, you know, I think a lot of us are used to when you have two folks that have vulvas they identify as lesbians um it can seem probably like a chore because you know sex is going to take a longer time Mm -hmm. so maybe take the chore factor out and make it more fun and find different things that 
will bring you joy that doesn't necessarily have to end in orgasm. Maybe it's just going to end up in a fun fucking night with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have that conversation with them in a loving way. And also don't expect things to be completely equal. Um, like I said, it's pretty natural for in a partnership for, s- for people to take on specific roles, but we don't want to get stuck in them because it can, it just, you, we desire to feel something new and different, not to not always be the one that's initiating or the one that's making the other one feel wanted and desired. So um, embrace the fact that we take on roles and that's kind of natural, but also advocate for what that which you desire your partner to maybe try a little more of. So tell us, uh, before I read the bio about Midori, Chip, how's that margin wine over there? I am drinking Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc. So we've had Chenin Blanc for a little while now because Megan Bell, who is the winemaker at Margins Wine, has been totally sold out of everything else. But the good news is she just sent a newsletter out. uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, which I received. She's got three new releases. And if you're on marginswide.com and you sign up for a newsletter you get first access and I think they're pre-selling and she will sell out again so if you're listening right now and you like wine uh, and you like boutique small batched really tasty wine that is I think at an excellent price point she probably should charge more um, you will get this it's going to ship first week of April so this is 2019 when we're recording so go ahead check it out marginswine.com um, I can't remember some of the varietals or some that I have never even tasted um, when I looked at the newsletter so I'm I know there's stoked. a Pinot coming there's a Pinot but I there's another uh, varietal I've never heard of it I think it's like an old, older world varietal but regardless it is well worth it and um, if you know you've never tried wine uh this is the time if you're eight if you're 21 you have to be 21 in usa if you're in other countries you can be 14 yeah <laughs> we just got an email from someone living in ireland i know hey so ireland like 15 over there Love but you, uh, ireland. I, th- I don't know if she ships abroad sorry uh, oh, i think I it's most my tangent yeah <laughs> uh w- but um margins wine literally some of the most amazing small batch wine that you can get so thank you megan for creating what you do we love you megan Megan. there's a shout out to our friend who i'm not going to say their name but we're in your apartment in san francisco thank you for giving us your apartment she's an avid listener she also does my books my bookkeeping (laughs) she does your bookkeeping she's the best i love her we love her all right y'all want to hear about midori yes we're super excited for this episode so okay i haven't really read this bio so i'm probably gonna mess it up eight times which i always do anyways but just (laughs) bear with me so Dan Savage calls Midori the supernova of kink. She is an artistic visionary who has touched lives across the globe with her expertise in sexuality, personal fulfillment, and kinky adventures. Using her head, heart, hands methodology, she facilitates tackling, cha- tackling challenging topics and creating space where people are allowed individual self-exploration. Her passion is fully on display in her transformative small group intensives, including including Rope Dojo and Forte Femme Women's Dominance Weekend Intensive and the Wanted Man Intensive with Marsha. Bez- I think it's Bezinski. I don't. I, mean, I, just, I know her, but I can't. Yeah, Bezinski. Marsha's an amazing educator, by the way. But you know, we're talking about Midori right now. For more information on her upcoming classes and events, please visit fhp/inc.com backslash classes. Are you all ready for the world-renowned educator of sexuality, the author, the writer, the artist, the supernova of kink, Midori? I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) 
It is episode time. This is a very exciting episode for us because many, many moons ago when April and I worked at Pure Pleasure, um, I still am very much affiliated with Pure Pleasure, but when my mom and I started Pure Pleasure and April was our very first manager there, um, our, one of our very first educators, this was like 12 years ago, 11 years ago, um, was Midori. She was one of the first people to come in and teach. I think we had one other educator. It was Jay Wiseman. Um, and then Midori came and taught for us. So it was extra special to, um, I don't know if it's called full circle, but to now have Midori as a guest in the podcast after um, her being a guest or in, in pure pleasure, one of our uh, kind of christening the sex education space for that space. So this is really exciting. Um, before we go into the podcast, I would like to do one quick shout out for Uberlube because we talk about Uberlube all the time on this podcast. We're obsessed with Uberlube. We don't really go into a lot of detail about Uberlube, and now we are going to. Um, you've all heard about it. A lot of you have been ordering it, actually. Pure Pleasure has been doing a lot of Uberlube sales. And uh, Uberlube, if you don't know, is a high-grade silicone lubricant that is a luxurious lubricant. If you look at the ingredients, it's very clean. It's just silicone and vitamin E, so it's very body-friendly, long-lasting, doesn't get sticky, no flavor, no scent. I personally want it all over my body. It's not that kind of lube where you're like, I need to wash it off. It feels luxurious. It feels nice. It actually moisturizes your skin. Uh, if you've never tried it, I highly suggest that you try a bottle. And most people, when they try it, they say, I didn't know lube can be this good. So go check it out at uberlube.com. If you use code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get free shipping as well as 10% off of your order. Uh, and if you're also just ordering other sex toys and you want uberlube too, you can go to purepleasureshop.com. You get coupon code uh, with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps. You also get 15% off. Um, so that's if you're going to order other goodies. Otherwise, you go to uberlube's site and you get the free shipping too. Uh, so that's my little shout out. And now it's Midori time. This is just so, so special. And it, I don't, I don't know. Midori, I don't want to. We're also sharing a mic again. So I'm only going to pop in when it's convenient. Well, no, she's going to be here often. Um, this is helpful because then we're not you know, talking over each other like we do all the time. So right now, although she'll pull the mic out of my hand. But anyways, Midori, welcome to our show. We're so happy to have you here on Shameless Sex. Happy reunion, and I'm going to do a selfie right now at this very moment. Yeah, ah! selfie on the air, okay. air selfie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good to be here. Yes. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, you you teach so many topics. This is something we're really, you know, we you do a lot about rope bondage, but you also teach, you know, fellatio 101. You teach, no, you don't do that anymore. You did years ago. I in one of your cunnilingus yeah. courses yeah. and it was amazing i think it was how to eat a peach because we had to like censor the name but that was right. you were an amazing instructor i was so captivated by just the way you presented too so that comes out of the background of my safer sex smarter sex grassroots outreach and today there are so many other educators that are doing some really really good things around uh, fellatio and cunnilingus and foundational bedroom skills which is fantastic i love it that more people are teaching so i am now teaching at a whole different level which has been really exciting and you do so. Well, there's the Fort Fem, which is Fort Fem. Fort Fem. Okay. Yeah, and that's feminine dominance, like an intensive. It is. Yes. It's a two and a half day intensive. So Fort Fem women's dominance intensive. It's 
It happens in New York and San Francisco. It's two and a half days of deep dive where women get to experience and figure out their place of authentic power, Mm -hmm. to tap into their authentic power from the bedroom to the boardroom. And this is just for female-identified folks. It's for people. This is how I... It's a little clunky, but this is how I'm defining who gets to attend. Mm -hmm. Because trans folks welcome. And it's for people who walk through the world dealing with the bullshit every day of being and living as women in this world. Mm. I like that. I like that. So people get to make their own rules if they identify with... That, right, like I deal with the bullshit, so I should be there. Yes, uh-huh. and so if if you are somebody who enjoys occasionally dressing in women's clothing, and that's totally hot, but that's not the dealing every day with the stresses, the baggage, the bias, the bullshit, right? And so I've had trans women, cis women, whether they femme identify or not, um, I've had butch women, and because of the way the course is structured, it's all about a program of self-discovery that is also supported by the cohort group. Mm-hmm. I this is a clunky definition, I but like I think it, though. it makes sense, right? I, yeah. I like the bullshit aspect yeah, of it, because yeah. it's true. The people that are walking the, through the bullshit every day. Yeah. Right. We all know who, if that's us. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what genitals you have or how you, necessarily even how you identify. I guess and, it's just a And if somebody says, well, what do you mean the bullshit you walk through every day? I'm like, mm-hmm. may I recommend some of my other classes? <laughs> because that's part of the thing, is how do we get to be true to ourselves and the complexity of our erotic landscape and our emotional states and our hungers when we're also dealing with with all the different hats we have to wear in every day, whether we are partner or boss or employer, employee, parent, bestie, um, caretaker of aging parents, caretaker of small humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a perfect uh, kind of segue into what we're talking about here, which we already did the intro here, but um, specifically talking about role play, um, dominance, and the confidence that comes with dominance. Regardless, I mean, we can we can talk about how it affects different folks who out and how they identify, you know, their gender identity. Um, but I think that this is a hard one for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, especially if they don't feel like it's ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not a dominant person, or role play is really scary for me. Taking on a role that doesn't feel like it's me. And how do I learn how to do that if I want to learn how to do that? And so you're you're teaching people how to do that. So let's I guess let's start with with um, kind of the role play play part of it. Okay. Okay. Um, go into that realm, and then we can move over more to like the dominance. And I know you have a lot to say about both mm. of these. Okay. So role play. Actually, I kind of want to roll in the whole role play as well as kink and dominance yeah, because do. there's I have I have a definition of BDSM that will make a lot of sense for both. So my definition of BDSM is childhood joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Oh, that sounds magical. So it's cops and robbers with fucking. <laughs> when you think about it, it's cops and robbers with fucking or um, Simon Says is a DS game. <laughs> sounds way, way more fun. And if we think of kink as 
childhood joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys. And now let's think about role playing. When we were kids, we were geniuses at make-believe games. So role-playing is essentially make-believe games with sex, mm-hmm. right? You really just need the scantest of plausible plot line. I mean, we're not going for the Oscars here, mm-hmm. right? So we just want to have a little excuse to have some fun. And I will often hear people say, oh, I feel silly. Okay, good. It's silly. It is silly. This is not serious. It's silly. Even when we're making serious faces, it's silly. So, yes, it's silly. Yes, it's kind of dumb. And let's just embrace that and completely overact it. Be the supervillain. Be, be the, oh, the damsel or lad in distress tied to the railroad track. Okay, the bed. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is absolutely silly. And the basic ingredient is, okay, so you need, let's assume for, let's start with two people playing together because you can always add more players. I've never done role play, so I really, I'm listening to these instructions because I'm, yeah. like, I'm like role play 101 student right now. So. Okay. Okay. So there's actually a role playing um, classroom card game that I came up with. All right, so so let's say if you and I were going to role play, all right, and this little game would go something like this. Um, You get to write on a little card, or just in your mind, right? But writing on the card is is fun. Like five sex things that you might want tonight, uh, and be willing to hear a no, because if you're willing to hear a no you're likely to get a yes on something else, right? So five sex things. And I would have my own card that I write five sex things that I want, all right? So let's see, I would want you to go down on me. I want to go down on you. Um, I want to, uh, let's see, have lots of making out, um, giving and receiving. And nipples. And nipples, nipples, okay. So specifying giving and receiving. So, you know, I might write down those five things. And you write down your five things. Mm, we don't know what the five things are. And then we might, and then with other cards, we write out what I call binary characters. Person A, person B. Think like a simple plot line. Cop and robber. Um, uh, doctor, patient. Doctor, patient. Yeah. um, Teacher, student. Teacher, student. (laughs) So, and here's the thing, because these are make-believe games, that things that are really not appropriate in real life is okay, because an ethical teacher, no, we wouldn't do teacher-student in real life. But with consenting adults in the bedroom, it's all make-believe, right? So, well, let's see, pool boy. Pizza delivery. Gardener. Gardener. I love a gardener. Pizza delivery. Can you come over? Can Can I see your house? What about Uber driver? Uber driver. (laughs) Right? Right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's see. Boss and employee. That is one for me. The dog walker. The dog Dog walker. walker. (laughs) So someone's the dog and someone's the walker? (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Hey, those doggy hoods, man. Um, 
So binary characters, you know, let's see, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, okay. you know, um, I'm thinking Princess Captain, Leia. Yeah, or General mm-hmm. Leia. Ooh. General Leia. Oh, um, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Batman uh, and Robin. Yeah, mm. Batman and Chewbacca Robin. And Han Solo. Oh, yes. No, Can I yeah. Chewbacca? Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm already getting excited. Okay, wait, mm-hmm. let's, yeah, let's okay. keep Okay, so, yeah, and it could be, it could be, you know, if you're into... Daenerys Stormbone mm. and Jon Snow now. All right, we're moving forward to tools Spoiler now. alert, spoiler <laughs> alert, that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you can, so think in terms of binary characters, you know, if you're into to Harry Potter, if you're into, yeah... So all sorts of things. I, you know, particularly like playing, you know, given any alien roles. Yeah, because that's always fun. Um, so, you know, come up with binaries. The thing is, um, let's say Batman and Robin, right? But who's the top? Uh, and we can't assume that. So you're pre-negotiating these things before you go into the role play, typically. A little bit of, okay. yeah, just enough to say, so what about uh, yeah, Batman and Robin? Okay. You know? uh, and just keep in mind, this is silly. This is absolutely silly. It is absolutely stupid. When I'm taking a black scarf and wrapping it around my neck and then taking taking like, you know, a, a Halloween Batman mask and I'm like, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Come here, Robin. Bend, so are, bend are over, you, Robin. Are costumes recommended just to feel like you do you need to pre-plan this then? Um, sometimes costumes can be the fun thing, okay. especially if you have like time to plan it. And right. Like, yeah. And, you know, let's say I ordered from, you know, some large online company. Mm-hmm. A, and you got it delivered that day? I delivered a <laughs> Robin outfit to you. I mean, I imagine that'll help you to, to, to drop in. For this. So what you're saying is essentially, what I, so I'm just going to like cliff notes. The quick thing that I've heard is, kind of like embrace the awkward it's completely awkward yeah. it's completely awkward it's completely stupid it's completely an excuse for us to muff dive and fuck like bunnies <laughs> or fuck like bats i like in a costume well and, they, and I, did, yeah. I like that point that you made in the beginning about um when we're childhood we have these like, like wild imaginations i remember like role playing different stories when I started having erotic fantasies when I was like 10 and playing them out in my head, it just like walking in circles in my backyard because I was an only child, nothing better to do. <laughs> and and now my brain doesn't work that way because I don't take the time. It does work that way. I just don't take the time to go in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So you're saying like get creative, go in there and be prepared for the awkward. Yeah, I think that would be hard for me to prepare for the awkward because I get so in my head about, oh my God, like, are you judging me right now? But I guess if you're in a, a costume would help me get into that character. Especially if we were both in stupid costumes. And if we were both in stupid costumes, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what if a partner asked their partner to say, hey, I, want, I would love for you to start wearing some sexy Batman gear. And it's super sexy to me. Can you somehow just surprise me with some sexy Batman gear one day? And you're absolutely terrified. You feel like you're not a good actor, actress, however you want to, whatever you want to call that. Um, you are afraid of being in the spotlight. You don't feel like it's you. It's not going to be authentic. What do you tell this person? We talked about out the embrace the awkward, but how does this person step into this role confidently? Okay, and I'm hoping both partners are listening to this right now. Because all parties, all parties, <laughs> yeah. Because hopefully, maybe you have more than two. <laughs> That'll be nice. <laughs> hopefully, all parties are listening to this. Hello, out there. Um, don't let this be a surprise because that's a bad awkward, you know. And when you are feeling 
awkward, uncertain. You can't, you know, you're going to be judged. If you're able to just go ahead and say that, mm-hmm. say, okay, I want to do this, but I'm going to feel really awkward and I'm going to need you to really lower your expectation and cheer me on along the way because otherwise there won't be a second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even put it like that because, of, yeah. Sort of speaking to what what's true. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really uncomfortable. I'm so open to playing with you in this way and it might be awkward. And here's what I could use to, to make it a little bit more playful or easy. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a, a big thing. A lot of folks that I work with, um, they get these requests even if it's not a role it's just that someone a partner says hey can you take on more of the sexy role and that in itself is a role to them because a lot of them don't identify as sexy and so it doesn't feel authentic so it's really scary for them but they want to be able to show up in some way or meet their partner in some way um, but their question is you know how do how do I do this in a way that's me and maybe if you're with a person that has a fantasy that hasn't shared it with you, this is an open, uh, it's an invitation for you or that person maybe to share, I, like, I've had this doctor-patient fantasy, would you be into dressing up like a nurse and pretending to kind of go through, like, I don't know, uh, an examination? Anal? Maybe. Black nitrile gloves. Hot. Oh yeah, well, plenty or, of or Uber lube. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of Uber lube. Yeah, <laughs> and lots of warm up. Even though that's not what doctors' jobs are. I'm, I'm happy to be in, like, thorough, I'm, thorough, thorough, examination. thorough, thorough examination. examination. I'm happy to feel like that. It's okay to be silly because that's yeah. something like it is always serious when you're in a like like when you when you're thinking about being intimate or sexual and or if you're talking about oh my god I know that I want anal sex tonight but it could you could twist it with like this doctor patient scenario proctologist yes (laughs) (laughs) all right well so what about um so this this kind of I guess crosses over into to well confidence I guess but then into the dominance role so we're speaking more to um, there's the role play that we're talking about, like, you know, the Batman or the doctor or, you know, who's the top or the bottom. But what about for dominance? You know, what is what is tapping into your most dominant self all about? What does that even mean? Well, if we bring that back to childhood joyous play, mm-hmm. then dominant or dominance is not something you have to be all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's enough in everyday life that gives us enough pressure, so why go there? What if just right now, just right now, I could be the Simon Says? Just right now to play the boss in just this limited capacity. And that's really all that it is. So if we can bring it just down to that, it takes a lot of pressure off. I mean, there's enough pressure in sex and as well as just everyday life. Why add any more? So keep in mind that dominance is not about a personality trait, which some people will be shocked with. It's not even how you have to be all the time. It's just right now who's taking charge and being bossy in our sex life. Mm -hmm. Just right now. And then that also means that there's an end point. Because if you're engaging in being bossy beyond the point in which we've agreed to, well, that would make me an asshole, you know, and not the fun kind. Well, I I tend to, um, in my relationship, take this submissive role, right? However, 
I feel like I'm a badass in in regular day to day life with like running a company and having you know um, this uh, this amazing podcast that obviously is um, adversarial to a lot of folks out there. But I think it's important that when you're in the bedroom, it can change. Mm-hmm. And my role, even though I do take on this submissive thing and that can turn me on, it's also really hot to think about being in a dominant state. So I think for the listeners out there that perhaps maybe are in a state of being more submissive most of the time, maybe they could try to be dominant mm-hmm. and, and maybe they can incorporate some of these things. But And keep in mind that... that a person is not a dominant or a submissive. A person chooses in the moment to submit to somebody or to dominate somebody. And that linguistic shift is really important because if I said, I am a dominant, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I sound like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, I'm putting on a pressure to myself of all the time, I have to be in charge, girl. But what if instead I said, Tonight, I want to dominate you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yes, please. Yeah. Right? Or I crave to submit to you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's personal. It's full of desire. It's also temporal. Super sexy and hot, too. When, mm-hmm. when just being told that, I would be so stoked if my partner said that to me, even mm-hmm. though he tends to be the dominant character in our, you know, our, our scenario, our sexual experiences. So that's hot. I want to try that tonight, yeah. but I want him to say that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, make it home in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a temporary. So it's a tem- we can yeah. go into this temporary role. We don't have to like become it forever. Think of it as appetite, mm. right? Think of it as dominance and submission, as a hunger and an appetite. And if you engage, if you ask for what would feed you, you might get fed. If you speak your appetite, you might get that need met. If you don't speak it, you're never going to get it. Um, And if we think of this as an appetite for dominance and submission or appetite to play Batman and Catwoman. Ooh, Batman and Catwoman. That's hot. Um, (laughs) If you want to play Batman and Catwoman or if you want to play enjoy dominance or submission by saying that this is what I crave for now. Mm -hmm. And let's say we do that. And if we do it well, the desire is now diminished until I'm hungry again. Mm -hmm. So if you... In reality, if you play well, at the end of it, you're going to be in a different mood. Mm -hmm. So that would mean that you couldn't be, I am a dominant, a submissive all the time, because life is too complex. Mm -hmm. So how, I I believe that we get a number of, we've received a number of of feedback from listeners that are desiring, and I'm going to speak to, I think this is mostly female-identified folks, desiring their... Um, male-identified partners to go into a dominant role and it's not happening. And I mean, of course, we don't want to like you know force someone to go in there, but how would one learn to take on this role? Again, kind of like we talked about with role play where it's really scary for them. They might not identify, especially in a culture if we're talking about... Um, you know, about men, we're talking about like the nice guy versus the creepy guy mm-hmm. and that whole thing. They're trying not to be too much on one side. Um, but we can also even talk about like the nice girl versus like the bitchy girl, you know, and, the, and, the, and trying to fit in the middle there. How does one learn to go into a place of being more confident and dominant uh, in a way that, that, again, pertains to who they really are? 
I wish I could answer this easily, which is why I have a multi-day intensive. So for cliff notes, yeah, 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 the cliff note version of it is let's keep it contained within time and consent. So I define a scene as a shared experience that is bounded by time, space, and consent for the purpose of creating an entertaining change of state. And if our shared objective is let's have Let's have entertainment. And what would entertain us now? What kind of mood do we want to go to? And particularly for the nice guys and the nice gals, the condition of engaging in dominance and submission may seem counter to their, their living philosophy. Right? I'm a nice guy, I'm a nice girl, I'm fair, I'm just, I listen, I collaborate. Well, all of that is actually happening before play by having a little conversation, by setting a little bit of boundary about how are we ending this, what's the safe word, um, what's, you know, what's, what kind of mood do we want to go to? By having that little collaboration at the beginning, we are acknowledging the good guy, the good gal, so we can play the villain temporarily. And I, I want to talk a little about consent, which is something I'm assuming that you guys talk a lot about. Yeah. I want to introduce a new phrasing on this. There's consent. There's enthusiastic consent. The next level is engaged collaborative consent. What does that look like? So how can I be enthusiastic about role-playing I've never done? Yeah. I'm... and it might be that, oh my God, I have to be excited about this, but I'm actually feeling uncertain. I want to play with you, but I don't know where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I might feel awkward and feel stupid because, oh my God, role-playing is new to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, But what if we talked about engaged consent, which means, okay, well, do you want to try this with me? It could be really awkward and we could really make a lot of mistakes, but would you be willing to engage in this with me? In other words, are we equal partners in this? That it's not just the, I ask for your enthusiasm and you must give it back to me 100%. Mm -hmm. Also, collaborative means, all right, how are we going to do this? <laughs> okay, who's who's Batman, who's Catwoman, and who's really topping? Yeah. And Catwoman's uh, topping. Yeah, right? Yeah, because the bat, the bat's always had a thing for the cat. <laughs> we totally, know. Right? And so there's a collaboration. The thing is, sometimes scenes in play don't go as well as we planned, or sometimes it goes far better than we even imagined. Mm -hmm. I like engaged collaborative consent. Mm -hmm. All parties are responsible for showing up on the playground together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is this something you recommend for folks like there? There's this. This is the first time we're doing role play in this conversation to, to have this conversation, um, or and or you know for people who are doing this you know once a week or once a month or something to sit down and get kind of clear on this you know this enthusiastic consent of like what are we doing here where are we going who's in charge I mean, means this something you recommend people and I mean I would imagine you can make that part of the role sexy, play too yeah. seriously sexy. Yeah. Um, to talk about, and I'm not talking about a dry negotiation, because, boy, that's boring. Mm -hmm. But to have, you know, sitting down with your beverage of choice, snuggling up, or maybe it's at some fancy restaurant where you really can't do anything, and all you can do is talk about it mm -hmm. to get each other's juices flowing, 
to it's essentially about talking about desire for the other, mm-hmm. right? And to yes, to talk about the parameters of what are the things we want to do, keeping always the joy and the desire in the center. And let that conversation turn into a flirtation to build up the desire. It can also be, you know, combined into your hot, fabulous t- sexting. Why not? Because what's good sexting if not for fantasy making? I'm so bad at sexting. I am <laughs> the worst sexter. I'm like, oh, this looks weird. Or, ah, like, I don't, without photo, because I, I refuse to put my you know, naked body parts, yeah, sure. you know, on the interweb. But what, what if the sexting were, okay, again, between you and I, yeah. if we were doing this, and if I uh, texted to you, if I were Batman and you were Catwoman, <laughs> what would you do? I would start dying laughing. I'd be like, okay, okay. Uh, that'd be good. Right, right. I'd have to get over the awkward, like my awkwardness, because I am slightly awkward. Like, I and that in knows me well a, knows how awkward I am. In a text, you can be all awkward yes. before you, you know. And yeah. So just kind of drop into that yeah. to be like, okay, Midori's Batman right now, and I am Catwoman. Okay, I'm going to wear this hot latex skin tight suit, and maybe with, maybe there's a hole cut out in it. I don't know, somewhere for, for, Penetration? I don't know. That sounds hot to me. Okay. 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 So now you don't have to even finish your sentence. Okay. Good. Right. Just so leave it, be, it at that. You know, it could just be. <laughs> I need serious. And there's a hole cut out, and okay. then I could say, "Oh," and then I could text back saying, "What about four holes?" Oh. <laughs> Back at you. Die. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to get married to you right now because that was hilarious and amazing. Right? And so this is how it could go. And now we're actually fantasy role playing in text. You always think, I always think it has to be so serious. No, it's stupid and awkward. Okay. That's so helpful. And so that could really start, it could just start with text. It could just with, yeah. it, It could just be. You know, it, it could just be if I were the pizza delivery boy. <laughs> if I showed up tonight at your front door and rang the doorbell, though I might have a key for our home. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And I show up. Or the French the, maid. I've always thought about that. Is mm, hot. Yes. Mm. With the accent. I'm really good at the accent. Too. Mm. So if I showed up, now let's say we share a domicile. I have our key to our front door, but right. instead I show up with a baseball cap and a hoodie and a pizza. Right? <laughs> Ding dong. Did you order pizza? It's stupid. And it's funny. And you open the pizza box, and it's not a pizza box. A pizza, it's a dildo. Oh yes, with the harness, and you're like, delivery, special delivery for you. What would you do? Well, I like. So you're essentially saying, there's room for all of it. There's room to have aroused. Like uh, I'm, like I can still get turned on by what you just said. There's a big dildo in the pizza box. I can also laugh because it's kind of silly, but I can also be a little turned on by the banter. Well, I'm sure too, when you start engaging in these role play scenarios, you get better and better. Mm-hmm. And then you really, because well, just practice obviously is, is perfect. And, uh, and then you can get more kind of tuned into that and make it more of like this, this act. And then just have this like 
get out of your body and not be you. That I think would is is awesome. That's what I'm. That, that's what it's all about. Not being yourself for that time, right? Being being the pizza delivery boy or fucking Princess Leia or General Leia or whoever. That's and the that's exactly the stuff. that's and, the magic. And if you lose track of the plot and it just ends up on messy sex on the floor, that's a win. Still a that's win. called a win. No, it's totally a win, not a still a win. Yes. It is the win. Okay. Never. So the the Catwoman suit never made it on. They only had one hole and never even put it on. And we still had sex on the floor, and that's fine. Maybe next time it will come on, and that's okay. I like this. This is new because so this this is like the, the human condition. I think a lot of humans think that there's one or the other. You know, there's sexy or awkward, and you can't have both. Or aroused or awkward, but you can't have both. I can't be turned on in the awkward, and you know, feeling the you know my my body and my pussy pulsating and all this stuff while being like this is fucking weird and crazy and silly. And I love that. It's just a reframing for the brain to to allow spaciousness and speak to all of it. And laughter is some good drugs for the brain, oh, yeah. you know. The best. So, yeah, even awkward laughter, and then especially if all the participants are in awkward laughter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the laughing, laughing until you cry. Mm-hmm. I love that. So and then, so about dominance. Then I think that you're so coming back to that one. So you're saying ways to kind of tap into that, into that confident place is essentially just embracing what is what is true, what is there. Um, and then knowing that you're taking on the roles for this specific amount of time. It doesn't have to be something that you fully identify with, but for this little window, you're taking on this role, and then you can go back to uh, whatever it is that you want to go back to. Do you have any other um, advice for folks who are looking to maybe tap more into their inner dominant self? Posture. Mm. Posture. Okay, so um, for the listeners and for us here... I, I do this exercise called Queen's Walk, but it's also set up with, okay, right now, wherever it is you're standing, sitting, et cetera, and if you're driving, and just be careful. Um, give me a schlumpy posture, and it's got everything, shoulders rolling forward, everything saggable, sagging, you know, it's like eh, collapsing. Okay, now imagine your sweetie is kneeling before you. <laughs> Does this work for you? No. Straighten out that spine. Put your head on top of that spine, shoulders back, tits up, and throw in a couple of Kegel exercises while you're at it. Ooh. That'll... Ooh, I like that. A couple of those comments. This is kind of like what you talk about, power power posing. Mm-hmm. Yes. That they, the body, mm-hmm. if we take on the role, mm-hmm. not like, there are, there are, our sweetie will believe it, but then we believe it too. We're like, oh, here I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just slow everything down. And the nice thing about the reason we're slowing it down is it gives us more time to figure out what the fuck to do next. <laughs> Love now that. you know my secret. Okay, When it sounds like this confidence, slowness, owning the space, it's like, I don't know what to say next. Yeah. <laughs> Inside, you're really freaking out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. thought bubble versus what's outside. Yeah. I'll speak to that. So, so my, my partner is, um, he takes on this very strong, dominant, confident role very easily in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. Mm. And what he does when he speaks, I can't say this is the same for in the bedroom, but outside the bedroom when he speaks, he does, he's a great public speaker. He takes very long pauses. And in, he's just, and in it, to me, it says, that guy knows what the fuck he's doing because he, he's like so confident that he can take this time to really think inside. But inside, he's uh, sometimes is saying, 
I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that there's something that in that we can actually seem confident by taking more spaciousness by not really knowing what the hell I'm going to do next and if I'm going to make a mistake, but I'm just going to take my time. You got it. Yeah, we got to slow it down, Chip. Oh, I know. I struggle <laughs> all the time. I always am the one that's trying to fill in the void sometimes if there's like a long pause in a business meeting. But I've been with you know time and practice getting better at embracing the pauses, uh, both in... in even in uh, you know sexual experiences, when there's a pause or it's not like hot and heavy and the emotions are you know so yes, I'm like okay, wait, I'm gonna embrace this and tap in. It's so hard. It's a practice, like mm-hmm. anything, like mm-hmm. yoga or running. And and you know before we start to worry about this being a practice, the basic thing is straighten your posture and throw in a couple of kegels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that we can all do. And you mm-hmm. know whatever whatever bits you got between your legs, those PC muscle exercises, well, mm-hmm. it'll put a mysterious grin on your face. <laughs> it really, yeah, that's uh, when in doubt, just do some kegel exercises. If you don't really know what that is, everyone, you know, in your um, mid. Uh, flow of urine and someone's about to walk in the room and you need to stop that flow that is a kegel right there that is your kegel exercise you're tightening the pelvic floor and you just did one. Oh, we've talked about that before our listeners know what if they're new okay if you're new now you know so welcome to the podcast if you're new yes. welcome yeah. you chose a good episode so that's your sexy negotiation right there that you've talked about but before but that you're making negotiation sexy not just this dry mm-hmm. dull process and part of that is at embracing the play and the mm-hmm. lightness of it mm-hmm I like what you said about, though, creating, don't think of it as a practice. Just, like, don't think of it as a negotiation, right? Because those things don't sound very sexy. It's it's not, yeah. Like, Yeah. And in terms of pre-play talk, it's about getting the juices flowing. And in terms of pre-play kink talk, I actually have a, a really beautiful long conversation method, but not going into that now. Some couple of useful highlights is, all right, so... If I were playing with you, and we're going into that awkward role play. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So I might ask, I I would ask, um, so when, when, oh, let's say bondage, right? Let's say, um, uh, let's say when you're, if you like being tied up, and you tell me that you like being tied up, then I would ask, when it's good for you, what will I see and hear? And when it's not good for you, what do you look like, sound like, when it's when bondage isn't good for you? And for me, when uh, giving bondage is not good for me, this is what you'll see and hear. And when it's good for me, this is what you'll see and hear. Mm-hmm. What do you look like and sound like when that thing is good for you? What do you look like, sound like when it's not good for you? And sometimes I'll have people say that, oh, you know, I'll, I'll let you know, I'll say for it. At which point I'm like, I would like to know what you look like, sound like before you get to the point where you have to tell me. Yes, of course I want you to tell me. I love it that you have a safe word, but can you show me, tell me what I will see and hear, because this will give me a faster opportunity to salvage our experience to better. And that just resonated, one, as sexy negotiation for me, uh, two, as like kind of a little bit of a dominant thing, too, that you could play into, talking about role-playing dominance of like, 
no, I want you, I need you to be really clear with me. You know, what is this for you? And that in itself, as part of the negotiation, is kind of mm-hmm. could be a domino. Of course, you can do all kinds of twists and turns with it, but and I can see why it's helpful. Now, my question is, what if they don't know? You know, what if they're like, I don't sure. know. And when it's like, I don't know, it's like, okay, let's make the best guess possible. What about in the little rough sex? When you're enjoying a little rough sex, um, what do you look like, sound like? Um, so to to at least get the person thinking about it. And and if if my partner were to say, well, you'll know it when I see when you see it. No, do not let no. That that's shirking responsibility. I think it's great if somebody said, Well, I'm not sure, but my best guess is I think my eyes will be squinted shut. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I tend to squint shut, or my eyes will be popped open, or I'll be making sounds, I think, but not words, or oh, I'll be chattering on. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's my best guess. Mm-hmm. I know my hair will look absolutely insane because it does like my sex hair gets crazy yeah yeah. people would think i was homeless if i walked down the street afterward but doesn't help me to know when it's too much or or you want more doesn't but that's what i know that it would happen immediately so it doesn't help me any more information (laughs) (laughs) give me more information now rash occurs on my chest neck. now that is fantastic information Yeah. Yes, like Mark that comes to me every time I'm super turned on. It's like without even trying. So let's say if you and I were hooking up, right? And I love that, this. Midori keeps yeah. going back to hooking up with me. April's like, turned on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So if I didn't know this information in the middle of whatever it is we're doing and you've got this rash going on. You're like, are you allergic I'm to me? Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to stop. Yeah. You're having a reaction to the cake we ate earlier? Yeah, I'm totally going to stop because I'm thinking I need to like treat anaphylaxis in yeah. a moment. <laughs> and at that point, you're like, uh, okay, that was a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> really, she was turned on and wanted you to keep going, but she didn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. And that could very well be a, for somebody else. It could be a look like, sound like really bad a problem yes. yeah like she's having a problem is, are you okay yeah and asking me yes i would i mean and it's not it's it only lasts for a little while too but it's mm-hmm. it's funny because it does happen and, and i'm like oh so you're really telling midori because you think you're going to sleep with her right now <laughs> yeah it's good information like just fri midori <laughs> hi you know hi yeah. now imagine this kind of information being dropped on a date dinner yeah, you know, I have this funny thing that happens during sex. You know, I get like this rash on my neck. <laughs> Is this first date or like third date? Sure, why like, not? Yes, you know, I probably would just have to share it then. Some, some people would be like, so you're saying there's a chance? So saying you got a rash. Uh-huh. <laughs> or it could be a texting moment saying, hey, honey, right now I'm thinking of you and I seem to be getting a neck rash. Yes, because that, but it, it is true though. It, that, then you know I'm super turned on and right. I am like, like I just either had an orgasm or I'm about to or I'm just so excited that my skin is having a reaction. So, right. so that's pretty awesome and to that, know that. That would be kind of a hot sexting little shorthand. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a rash right now from you. Mm-hmm. 
which is it's funny because rant. no everybody also think that is really weird totally. and not sexy <laughs> except that particular sweetie in question will be like I know exactly what she means. It's my rash. It's our little <laughs> it's our little secret code, yeah. right? Um yeah. Yeah. I like that kind of just running with with what's what you really got. What's really true and it might be a rash and it might not. And for yeah, uh, and it's one of the exercises we actually do in Fort FM is can you name your symptoms of pleasure? Mm-hmm. Symptoms tangible, concrete, observable symptoms of pleasure. Because if you can tell that to your sweetie, then you're giving them all the clue on when you're having a good time without having to say, yes, yes, it's good, it's good, don't stop. Because yeah, there's the rash, I see it, it's growing, it's growing, I'm doing a great job, yes. Right? Whereas like if somebody, let's say somebody is crying, is that a good thing, bad thing, otherwise? Yeah. Maybe they're having like tears of orgasmic catharsis, Maybe they're having trauma tears to call the therapist or, true story in my case, um, is this pillow made of feathers? I'm actually allergic to feathers and I'm fucking face down in your down pillow. Oh, God. So you really do have a rash and you're like, that's not a good rash. And and the mascara running raccoon face is not the like sex face. It is, I can't breathe. Get the fuck off of me now. Mood kill. Flax is setting in <laughs> right now. Where's my EpiPen? Right? So, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm crying. This does not mean you're a good lover. It just means that your pillow's made of down. Yeah. yeah. So tell us more about your, your workshops, your intensives that you said, the Forte Femme. And sure. Yeah, tell us more about what you have available. So Forte Femme, I do that in San Francisco and New York. And, oh, my God, what's really cool, too, is that I've got an alumni graduate society, and they organize their own event. Oh, we just had an amazing play and sex party of just alums and guests. That was great. And we're getting together for a private boxing class. Whoa. Badass. Yeah, yeah, totally. I also have Rope Dojo, which is a two-day rope bondage intensive, and we focus on connection and play. It's not a macrame class. It is about how to play hot with rope. Is that for folks that are a little bit more advanced in bonded no. rope? Play? No, it can be for Requirement anybody. Requirement is can you tie your shoelaces? Oh, well, there you, <laughs> people, you can go. Yeah. Yes. If you can tie your shoelaces. Or Velcro. No. And, and you can follow some basic instructions and willing to try some new things. Great. It's also good for more experienced people because for them, I expect them to pick up the nuances in between. Mm. Right? Um, sometime over the next year, I'm, and this is 2019, as we're recording this, I'm hoping to introduce the leading man intensive, which is the masculine version of Forte FM. I'm still working on it. I'm not willing to commit to a launch date yet. Like Forte Om? Yeah, uh, leading man. Okay. Leading man, yeah. And uh, so whether, you know, whether you liked in the bedroom play a white hat or a black hat, Yeah. Where do people find out information about all these workshops? Well, let's see. My newsletter is great. Uh, my my overall website for education is fhp-inc.com. I know that's a little awkward. I'm also on all the social medias as at Planet Midori. Mm-hmm. And so Planet Midori. You have some amazing books, too. I think four? 
Yeah, today. I have The Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage, which was the first English language instruction book on shibari and Japanese bondage. There's beautiful imagery. And Thank you. Yes, and gorgeous. we didn't think it would, back then, it wasn't rope bondage and Japanese rope bondage wasn't a big thing. Mm. So we didn't even know if the book would be popular. It's been in continuous sales mm-hmm. for near 20 years now. Yeah. I've got Wild Side Sex, The Book of Kink, a bunch of essays. I have Master Han's Daughter, which is Filthy Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, love filthy, it. Filthy, Dangerous Cyberpunk. And the latest book that we kickstarted, myself, Laura Antonou, and Cecilia Tan, is Silk Threads. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm also working on my next bondage book, and I'm working on that and funding it through my Patreon. Also at Planet Midori. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Midori. She's actually going to a gala tonight, everyone. Midori is... Uh, She's an artist. You're an artist. You're an amazing am, artist. We were looking at some of your work before you arrived because I was, I was just like so enthralled with some of your uh, what you're doing. I mean, yeah. since, since I met you the first time so many years ago. Yeah. And I've, I've got a gala at the... Asian Art Museum, and I had the pleasure of being able to show and and collaborate and be commissioned to do work for the Asian Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question is, do you sleep with all these roles that you do? You do so many things. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh. Um, it's hard to keep up on all of it, but uh-huh. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Well, That's why you're slamming the Earl Grey tea. Yeah. You bet. You bet. She's drinking wine. She's drinking Earl Grey. Yep. Like, Do you want any wine? She's like, no, I have to. I have a gala. Oh, <laughs> uh, Midori, thank you. This is special. I actually really enjoyed this because not only did we kind of have some serious connection <laughs> with the potential of sexting later, uh, now I know how, how to do it. Um, I learned some amazing things also about dominance. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time out of your... A busy schedule. And if you're out there in listener land, uh, check out Midori, check out her website, and um, you know, you click the link, we'll have all of the information to find her. And her books are always available at purepleasureshop.com. Most of them. But if you want some, you can always put in a request. We can, get, we can find them for you. Um, all right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in this Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.